0: You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago. Thanks for joining us for our study of six of the Psalms of Ascent from the Old Testament. I want to invite you to grab your Bible and get ready to open God's Word together. Hey, Harvest, it is so great to be with you this day and to look into God's Word. And, you know, before we jump right into Psalm 133, you know, this is a pretty exciting time of year where a lot of schools are starting. You know, we have a a Christian school, HCA, out on our Elgin campus. They're starting this week. Uh, My kids go back to school in the city in a couple weeks. We start kind of late. Uh, But I'd like to take a few moments just as we're getting into this season and before we get started in God's Word to just spend some time praying for our schools and for our students. So I want to do something a little weird. If you're a student of any age, I would love for you to just stand up on all of our campuses. Also, if you're a teacher or if you're a school administrator, I would love for you to stand and we're going to pray as a church family together for you and for the year ahead. So let's join together as brothers and sisters in Christ and pray over these dear ones who are headed into this school year. Father, we are grateful for the opportunity that we have to learn and to grow, to grow our minds and to grow our hearts, to follow after you in deeper ways. God, we thank you for so many teachers and administrators who are standing across all of our campuses and the ways that they continue to give of themselves and serve as Christ has served the church to serve people, to serve these students, to give of themselves. God, would you give them strength? Would you give them wisdom? Would you give them endurance for the year ahead? And God, we would pray that you would do a mighty work in them and through them. And Father, for each of the students standing on all of our campuses, God, we pray that you would be with them this year, enable it to be a year of incredible growth for them. Growth educationally, but also growth socially, and most importantly, growth in you, that they would deepen their walk with you in the year ahead. God, we would pray for protection over all of our students, over each of the schools that they represent. God, would you be overseeing all of that? We know that you hold it all in your hands, that nothing is too difficult for you. So would you protect them in the year ahead, protect them physically, protect them from many of the worldly ideas that may be coming in at times? God, in all things, would you be glorified in our lives, in our schools, and in our students, in our teachers and leaders this year, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You can be seated. We will continue to pray for each of our students this year, uh, trusting the Lord that it will be a great year of growth for each of them. All right, now grab hold of your Bible, turn to Psalm 133 we're continuing in our series ascent on the psalms of ascent this is one of my favorite sections i feel like i say that about a lot of god's word but this really is one of my favorite sections of god's word the psalms of ascent these songs and poems that were said and sung to one another now i'm not that great of a singer they don't let me lead worship around here um But I have really found that in my growth, uh, in my walk with the Lord, that songs have deepened my affections for the Lord. And perhaps in the last few years, more than anything else, even more than God's word, singing songs of praise and worship to the Lord has deepened my faith in incredible ways that I would not have seen. Because songs stir our affections. For almost everyone as well, um, we're more likely to remember a song than we are even a Bible verse. Songs can help us remember truths of God's word. When I was in college, this is over 20 years ago, um, there was a professor who would uh, begin many of the classes by singing little scripture memory songs, these little catchy tunes that were where you're singing God's word. And he would make all of his students do this. And to this day, more than 20 years later, I still remember like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. Proverbs 11 22. See, I told you, they don't let me lead worship around here. Um, But the amazing thing about that is I never had that professor. I never took a single class from him. But just being in the dorms and being on campus and other students singing that song, it's still in my head more than 20 years later. Because songs help us remember and songs stir our affections. These psalms... That's what they're meant to do. They're meant to help us remember the truths of God's Word and to help us stir our affections for a perfect Heavenly Father and all that He calls us to do. So because they won't let me lead worship normally, I'm going to do it anyway right now. No, what I would like for us to do is read this psalm together Allowed. Because these were meant to be sung and said in a community of believers, let's all read this together as we get into God's Word. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. You guys did great. Maybe they'll let me lead worship after all. But this is a simple, a short psalm of blessing, and it's a psalm about the unity of the people of God. It's teaching us that when we as followers of Jesus Christ live in unity with one another, we live out a blessing of holiness and of refreshment. Look at verse 1 again. He says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Here, this word brothers What we see here, this really is brothers and sisters. What this is talking about, it's not just talking about dudes. And it's not talking about physical brothers. It's talking about members of a faith community. It's figuratively in reference to close friends who are members of a spiritual community. So it's talking about us. It's talking to those of us who've turned from our sins and trusted Jesus Christ by faith. And now we're a part of a family together. We're in this together. We're brothers and sisters. And there's incredible blessing for those who dwell in unity. Now again, these Psalms of Ascent, they were said and sung during the three pilgrimages Every single year. The people of God every year were supposed to take these three times. And wherever they were from in the area, they were to come together in Jerusalem. And as they would walk up the mountain, they would sing and say these songs together. They came from different areas. They came from different tribes. They came from different ways of life and different jobs and different financial statuses. And yet, they all came together for the one purpose of worshiping the Lord together. And each week we get that same privilege. We come from different backgrounds, sometimes different languages or nationalities. We come from different financial statuses, different locations, even different campuses from Crystal Lake to Meadows, from the North Shore to Aurora and Elgin and Chicago. And we all come from different places and we all are different. But we come together to dwell in unity and to worship the Lord. There's incredible unity in that. And we do celebrate the fact that we are all different and God has not made a whole bunch of JTs. I'm really grateful for that, trust me. That we're all different. That God's given us different gifts and abilities and strengths and ways that we can care for each other. But the incredible thing is that we all have a perfect Savior who's taken us from death to life. We've been redeemed. We've been set free. We've been given a place in a family of unity to worship the Lord. And we're told that it's good and it's pleasant. It's a joy, and it brings pleasure for us. Now, I think we have all experienced some relationships that are easy, and they just seem effortless, where we seem to just have a good time right away, right when we get together. We sort of understand the person. We're able to communicate easy, without strife or frustration, and we can really be ourselves around those people. It's an incredible blessing that we can let our guard down and be who we really are without fear of rejection or strife or betrayal. It's good and pleasant when we live like that. I think most of us have also experienced relationships that aren't so good and aren't so pleasant, where they take a little bit more work, where you feel like you're walking on eggshells. Where you feel like every conversation I have, I got to weigh the word choice and my tone of voice and how I'm going to say that and, and where I look and all this, because they might take it the wrong way. Let me just tell you, that is exhausting. If you've lived in a relationship, had a friend like that, where you've tried to work on some things, it's a lot of work just to have a simple conversation. And what we're seeing is this reality that we see in the text. It's draining to have strife with a person. But it's good and pleasant to have unity with one another. To dwell in unity. It's this idea of sitting down, of remaining. It's a continual, ongoing, enduring communion with one another. And this is a charge for all of us to have that kind of. Of unity being at peace and being together in mutual respect for one another with the purpose of God's mission it's not being identical it's truthfully not even agreeing on everything but it's being together and being at peace with mutual respect for one another for the purpose of God's mission it's not just headed the same direction It's headed there together. The other day, uh, just earlier this week, I was doing a wedding rehearsal uh, for a couple, and I only know the couple. I didn't know anyone else there, and I walk into this hotel in the city, and kind of, you know, it's a busy hotel with all sorts of people around, um, and I kind of make my way through uh, the lobby there, and uh, this guy starts walking up next to me, and it's, okay, you know, and so we walk up to the elevator, and I hit the button, and we stand there for a minute, and the elevator door opens, and we get on, and I hit four, because that's where I'm going. I said, where are you going? He says, i I'm like, okay, great. You know, we're standing in the elevator. (laughs) Sitting there for a minute. The door's open. He's very kind and like holds the door for me, you know, does that thing. So I'm like, oh, thanks. And I get out and walk. I go left and and he kind of like follows me, like right behind me. And I'm kind of like, okay. And uh, we go down this hall kind of weaving a little bit. We finally get to this ballroom where the wedding is going to be. And I go to reach for the door just as he's reaching for the same door. And I'm like, Oh, you're going to the rehearsal too? You know, but we, it was a little awkward, just truthfully. I was, I kind of laughed about like, oh, sorry, I didn't really, you know, that kind of thing. But like, we went to the same place, but we weren't really going there together. And it was just kind of awkward. And how different is that than going out on a walk through a forest preserve with your spouse? You see, in both instances, you're headed in the same direction. You're headed to the same place. But one of them you're headed together, and one of them is just a little awkward. And this is talking about headed there together, dwelling in unity together. Now obviously uh, our unity together, our community is not always a nice walk through a forest preserve. Community can be difficult, it can be painful, and it does take work just like a relationship with a sibling that you feel like, you know, we're kind of at each other's head. Does anyone have a, a sibling who can be a bit of a pain? Well, a few of you do, and the rest of you are the sibling who's a pain, She's okay. There's, there's grace for that too. Uh, so was I. So, uh, but there's some work that you have to do in your family to kind of like, you know, your kids, you're just fighting over every little thing, but then, then you kind of grow through that and you, you have mutual respect for one another. And, and on the other side of all of that, There's unity there. We're told in Hebrews 12 to strive for peace with everyone. That it should take work. Not every relationship is effortless. We are to work for this unity so that we can dwell in unity together. Here's the command from God's Word. This is Philippians 2. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. You good there? That's easy, right? Okay. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Well, well that's easy, right? Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. That's our model as we strive for unity together, as we strive for peace with all people. And even though it's work and it can be uncomfortable at times, it's good and it's pleasant when we achieve that unity together. And so we're to work for it. Can I just get a little practical with you right now? So who's that person that came to your mind when I talked about a difficult relationship? That person when you're like, yeah, there's some strife there. Yeah, every time I talk to her, it's just Oh, man, so difficult. Who's that person that you feel like we just we can't seem to always get along? It's, it's a lot of work for that person. Who's the person who you don't have unity with right now? Because Scripture would tell us that if you're not right with a brother or sister, you're to leave your offering and go make it right with that person. That's how we strive for peace with everyone. But, but you don't understand what they have done in the past. I mean, he, he hasn't even owned up to all of the stuff that he's done wrong. She hurt me over and over. And then every time we get together, it's like we're butting heads. Scripture says, Romans 12, So far as it depends on you, be at peace with everyone. Live peaceably with all. Our job isn't to correct every person. Our job isn't to fix everything or point out everything that they've done wrong or stick their nose in it or even wait for an apology. Our job is to seek peace with everyone as much as possible. Listen, I tell my kids all the time when I was preparing this sermon, they're like, oh, no, we're going to be in the sermon, aren't we? So I'm not going to give any specific examples because I love my kids. But when they do fight, uh, what I tell them all the time is I don't care who started it. I don't care whose fault it is. I don't care about either side. I do care that you get along. I do care that you love one another. I do care that you respect each other. If you're fighting all the time, you've already lost. So seek unity together. Strive for peace with everyone. Because that unity is a blessing to us. It's good and it's pleasant and it can be a source of great joy for us. And what follows here in the text is, um, are two similes about what this unity is like. So let's go back to Psalm 133. He says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like... Like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. He's saying it's like that. This unity is like that. It's a blessing to us, but unity leads to holiness. So the simile here, what they're saying is it's like this oil that's poured out on Aaron's head. I thought for a minute, so when I grow a beard, I get like super itchy down here. I don't know if any other guys do, but you put that like beard oil on it, like super helps. So that's what I first thought when I read this. But that's not what it's talking about at all. It's not talking about relief. Um, Instead, what it's talking about is consecration. It's talking about holiness. It's talking about being set apart for a specific purpose and plan of the Lord. So Aaron was the very first high priest. And in Exodus 29, he and his sons are anointed with oil. And throughout the nation of Israel, um, throughout their history, every time there was a high priest, this is what would happen. The the nation would come together and they would anoint that person as the high priest, symbolizing God's presence, symbolizing holiness and set-apartness for that person. That oil was a symbol That The person was set apart and holy to the Lord. The oil that they would use was like a really specific recipe that they were told how to use. They were told not to imitate it, not to use it for anything other than the worship of God. It was pretty strict in that way. And here you see twice that it's running down. It's, you see it flowing over his head and down his beard and onto his robe. It sound, actually sounds very messy, doesn't it? How do you get that oil out of there and tied or something like that? But it, it's, it's very meaningful to the people that it would be that much oil, that it would be flowing down to show just how set apart that person was to be. And this times when they would come together as a people and anoint a high priest, they would be both a national and a spiritual event for them. We don't have anything like this in our culture. It's way bigger than like the inauguration of a new president or even the ordination of a new pastor in a church or anything like that. Way bigger because it was all of their, it was symbolizing all of their hopes, all of their trust in the Lord for the future. It was a symbol of God's presence among them and the fact that they as a people, we as a people, are set apart as holy to the Lord. It was a symbol of God's presence and all that he was going to do in hope For the future, what is God going to do in these next days? In these next years of our midst, in our time together, what is the Lord going to do? There was so much excitement going into all of that because it's a setting apart of a person and a people as holy to the Lord. But not just that individual as high high priest; all of those who follow the Lord. What this psalm is telling us is that when we get together in unity, when we dwell in unity, we're displaying that holiness, that fact that we are set apart to follow the Lord and to be used by him. That There's a priesthood of all believers as we're consecrated for God's purposes. We're set apart for the worship of God And for the work of God. So when we get together, when we dwell in unity, we don't just do that for us. How can I be helped? How can I grow? How can I have a better week by Thursday? What can I get out of these things? That naturally happens. We do grow through our time together, but that's not the end goal. The end goal is that we, as a people, would be holy to the Lord, and that we would be used by Him for His purposes. One of my other favorite verses, see I told you, I have a lot of them, is Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, which says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. You see, our time together—we're to be considering, thinking about—appendix doesn't work. Thinking about what are the ways that I can I can stir up. A brother or sister? What are the ways that I can help someone grow in their walk with the Lord? We're to stir them up, with just this idea of like shaking them to get them to wake up and let's go. I have a teenager now, and pretty much every day I got to walk into his room and like, come on, wake up, let's go, you know, uh, is waking the dead is basically what it is. But, but that's what I'm doing. I'm stirring him up to get ready for the day, to take the dog out, to do all of the things that he has to do to get ready for school and all of that. We're stirring one another up so that when we're getting together, when we're dwelling in unity, that's what we're to be doing in one another's life. Come on, let's follow the Lord in a greater way. Let's live our lives in ways that are set apart for him, in obedience, in love. And you see it here, one another to love and good works, that we're to be together to stir one another up, to do those things, to love one another in greater ways, to love the Lord in greater ways, and to follow him in greater ways with our lives. And this can only happen when we're active in a community. Now, I know... A lot of you guys, I mean, I can see it from here. A lot of you guys have your seats. This is like where I sit every Sunday. I can see mentally the cathedral right now, and I, I know where Elvin is sitting, and, and I know where Matt and Amanda Woodhead are sitting. I just, I know, we're people of habit. We do that. I sit in the same seat every Sunday, too. I get it. But, so lots of times we feel like, well, I sit here, and the guy over here, what is his name I I think I remember his name. I think it's George. I'm not totally sure. And we feel like we're in community. That's not community. You just happen to be sitting near people. You're not an act. That's not dwelling in unity. That's being in the same room together. So it takes a step to get into meaningful community with one another. If I can just put it bluntly, some of you need to join a small group this week. Some of you have been really you know, busy. I've you know, all, all sorts of things that have happened in our school and work and, and family and vacation and all these and I just I haven't even been to small group in like three months. So you you need you need to get back into community. Strive for peace. It takes effort to do that. But it's good and it's pleasant. It's time to get back to community. It's time to get back to this unity together. And this is a perfect time to do that. We've already talked about school starting. So many things are new. We've uh, been praying and working a lot on continuing ways that we can um, sharpen and strengthen our group's ministry. And so much of that is happening. Like right now, we're beginning these things because we want to be a place that gathers together. And we want to be a place that grows together. And then we want to be a place that goes out on mission for Jesus Christ. And there is a place for you. And we want you to be a part of this community. So that you can grow in this blessing. So that you can grow in holiness. So that you can grow in love and good deeds. We want to be a part of a community that stirs one another up to love and good deeds. So talk with somebody about it today. Send an email this week. Find somebody in the lobby. Get connected to a meaningful community of believers who will help you to grow in holiness and who you can help grow in holiness. Because God uses that community to deepen us, to bless us, to grow us. Unity brings holiness And then unity brings refreshment. Let's go back to Psalm 133 one more time. It, the unity that we have together, it is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Again, this is the second simile, and that is of refreshing dew that falls On the mountains. Now, Mount Hermon was much higher altitude than the rest of that region. It was a little more than 9,000 feet. And due to all the precipitation, Mount Hermon was known in the area as a place that was lush and green, even in the warm months. There was great refreshment for all of the vegetation there, even in the most dry of seasons. And that's the image here that even during the driest and darkest seasons of your life there can be great refreshment from the community of believers when we dwell in unity together proverbs 17:17 17, 17, a friend loves at all times but a brother is born for adversity A friend loves at all times where a brother is born for adversity. One of the reasons you need to be in community is so that when difficult seasons come, and they are coming, you will have people around you who can bring godly refreshment to you. If you push everyone away and you isolate people, maybe out of fear, maybe out of busyness, whatever the reason, you are setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for loneliness during a dark time. And it's not just so that you can feel comfort during that. It's so that you can be holy during that time. So that God can use that time in your life to strengthen you. And if you are on your own, it's much more difficult to do that. No matter how difficult your pilgrimage is. No matter how difficult this very season of your life is, you can find incredible refreshment from the brotherhood of God's people. Romans 15.1 says, we who are strong, this is strong right now, it's not who's a strong person, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Listen, we have an obligation to it. If you're doing well in your walk with the Lord right now, you're not experiencing a massive trial, and you're like, yeah, things are going pretty well, you have an obligation to care for those of us in this community who aren't doing great right now. And there are people all around you right now on every single campus that are going through the darkest season of their life. We have an obligation to care for one another. We're a family and we're going to dwell in unity together. So reach out to those who are struggling. I mean way too often we don't know what to say or we you know what if they take it wrong or I just I don't I can't think of a verse right now or, or I don't I just I don't know what to do or I I don't have a plan or and, and so we don't do anything and that's never helpful. Or we think, you know, I'm sure they have plenty of people around them. I mean, she's so popular. I'm sure she has like a hundred friends who are already there for her during this. I'm sure he has people caring for some of those needs that, that I can see. Don't ever assume that. Always reach out. Listen, they might leave you on red there, but like they will never get upset at you for sending them a text message that's encouraging. Hey, I, I don't really know what to say, but I can tell you're going through a difficult time. Let me know if there's anything I can do. I'm praying for you. That, that will never go poorly. Never. So always reach out. Far too often we, we take the, I don't know what to do, and then we don't do anything. That's a terrible place to be. So please reach out. Jesus left the 99 to go after one. We should do the same. And for some of you, you are in that dry season right now. You're longing for that dew from the mountains to fall down and bring a little bit of refreshment to you. Maybe it's a season of trial or a season of doubting or a season of waiting on the Lord to work. God, would you please answer this? And you're in that place of dryness, looking for some refreshment, can I just say, just let somebody know. Raise your hand. Send a text message. Grab somebody in the lobby. Hey, I, I'm not doing great right now. Can, can we just grab a cup of coffee or something? Like, you, you got to let somebody know. And far too often I've heard people say things like, well, I was going through X and nobody cared. Or, or I was going through this and everyone failed to do anything to help me and I just was there on my way, on my own. In the gentlest way, I know how to ask, who did you actually tell that then dropped the ball? Because I think a lot of times when we're in that dark place, we feel like no one cares. Most of the time, no one knows. Most of the time. And yes, we're broken and we fail, and we drop the ball sometime, but I have found more often than not, no one was told. Yes, yes, they should have kept watch. They should have reached out. They should have asked. We do have an obligation to care for others, but maybe they just missed it. Maybe it wasn't that they don't love you, but they they just didn't really know what was going on. And even though people, godly people, can fail and drop the ball and, yes, should have done that, yes, he should have done that, she should have, yes, absolutely. I have found our church to be very willing to step in and love and do whatever is necessary when they know what is going on. So let's be, believe the best about one another. For those of you who are strong right now, be watching for the people who may need help and be asking those gentle, probing questions of people. And for those of us who are really struggling right now, let somebody know there are people all around you that are willing to care and love and want to be there for you. Because those of us who are strong right now, it's not always gonna be that way. You're gonna hit a dry patch. It's coming. And those who are weak right now, let this be an encouragement, it's not lasting forever. There will be an end to that. And then you'll be in the position where you're the strong one seeking to help somebody who's going through a dry season. We need each other. We need to bring refreshment through our unity with one another. Our unity and our love for one another is the thing that is supposed to mark us as followers of Jesus Christ. This is a familiar verse to most of us. John thirteen thirty five. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The love that we have for each other The dwelling in unity is the thing that will mark us as followers of Jesus Christ. Life is to be enjoyed, not just as an end in and of itself, but in communion with the people of God that brings goodness, that brings joy, that brings pleasure to us. And listen, it's not just getting through it. It's not just getting through life, but it's glorifying God with it. So if you're in that place of strength, it's using that for God's glory and for the good of the body of believers. And if you're in that difficult, dry spot, it's even using that for God's glory. Because the Lord's working in you through it. And we can do this as, commu- as a community together. Because being in community, being a follower of Christ and not being in community, it, it's a little bit like being a member of a family and then not wanting to have anything to do with them. Now, I, I know that there are some families that are a little difficult. I know that there's some challenges in families, and maybe you feel like you're in that spot. Maybe you feel like, hmm, some of my family is really weird. Listen, I am too, so it's okay. We're all a little bit weird. We're all broken, and that's why we need a perfect Savior, and that's why he's given us one another, because we're all a mess. We can't go around pretending that we have it all together. We're a mess, and we need each other, and God uses this community, this unity that we have together for our blessing. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ, you're a part of, of this community, messy as it can be, and we're super glad that you're here. And we may fail, we may even drop the ball at some times, but believe me when we say you are loved because we're a part of this family together and we want to be building unity together. So the question isn't is are you a part of the community, it's what type of part of this community are you? How are you going to live as a part of this community? Are you willing to step in, even when it might be hard or difficult or confusing, to do the work so that you can experience the blessing of dwelling in unity? Because when we as followers of Jesus live in unity with one another, we live out the blessing of holiness for the Lord and refreshment for one another. Let's pray. As we close, I'd like to pray Jesus' own words in the high priestly prayer. Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, So that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you have loved me. Oh, Father, let this be true of us. Let us be a unified community of believers. Let us be one, even as you are one, Lord. Father, would you use us in one another's lives in meaningful and deep ways? We recognize each and every day how we are broken and fall short of your perfect standard, but we are grateful that you give us one another to call us to greater holiness, to greater obedience towards you, to greater love for you and a love for our sisters and brothers. God, would you transform us with that holiness, with that love? We see ourselves as set apart just for you for your holiness, for your goodness, and for your purposes here on this world. Would you use us in one another's lives to bring about refreshment where needed? Be with the one who's strong right now to find the person around them who desperately needs encouragement or strengthening or peace or comfort. Would you give the wisdom, maybe when there aren't even any words to say, that just our presence would be enough, Lord, God, would you work through it? And for the one who is going through that dry and weary and dark season, would you bring refreshment from places that they wouldn't even imagine? God, would you surround them with believers who love them, who believe the best about them, who believe that you're working even in the midst of dark seasons? And we pray that you would encourage them and use them to be a refreshment in one another's lives. Oh God, we desperately want to be a community that loves you and loves others and is used by you to reach this world. So would you do it in our hearts? Would you do it in our lives? Would you do it in our community for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's in his name we pray. Amen. You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicago. Thanks for joining us for our study of six of the Psalms of Ascent from the Old Testament. I want to invite you to grab your Bible and get ready to open God's Word together.